Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 welcome back to the channel. Welcome back to the podcast. This is the return. This is this is big news. This is fantastic news. This is the return of the That One Dude segment. I've been getting a lot of messages, mentions on Twitter, comments here, in the Discord, wherever it might be. Sal, 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 Sal where's That One Dude this week, right? Week 16 and week 17 of the NFL season, we did not have it. Mainly, mainly, to be completely honest and transparent with you, travel due to the holidays, trying to get all the videos in, in like three days that I do in an entire week, which is like 12 pieces of content, is very difficult. So some videos had to get scrapped. You would notice that the NFL betting video was gone, and now, hey, that's back this week as well because it's the last schedule. There's not travel due to the holidays. So that's the main reason why. Now, this week does give us a little bit of a, a wrench into things. It throws us a little bit of a monkey wrench, right, because we have a Saturday and Sunday slate. This is going to be a That One Dude video specifically for the three-game Sunday slate. I'm sorry if you're playing the six game main slate i think it's going to be a pretty awesome slate to play as well but it's just not going to gather as much attention and it's also not going to leave as much meat on the bone time wise for enough people to watch this there's a lot of logistics behind content for me to actually spend three to four hours even five hours to research edit and get this video up there and record it as well for it to only be able to last till tomorrow when i can actually make it last until sunday by making it a sunday only slate you get double the bammy whammy for your work Hopefully you could all understand that. So welcome back to the That One Dude video. If you're not familiar with this, what this video is, this video is not going to come here and tell you. So the, the purpose of it, it's going to be titled like the best pick per position for the Sunday slate. It is not going to tell you that Lamar Jackson on the Sunday slate is a great quarterback play because that's obvious, right? We're looking for low owned leverage plays. You should not be playing every single person in this video in your lineup. Can you play them because it's a three game slate and small? Honestly, yeah, I think all, all these guys are definitely viable to be putting into your lineups, but you don't have to. The purpose is to try and get one, two of them, maybe three of them. We'll talk about five guys guys one per position and then a punt play right quarterback running back wide receiver tight end and a punt play and the goal is to find the person that people are just sleeping on for whatever reason because of recency bias because of matchup whatever one variable that people are looking at that no matter what projections are not based off of one variable projections are based off of i mean depending on how many you really want to get into 10 11 12 variables so when people outweigh the matchup thinking that that's the entire piece of the pie they're completely wrong right so that's what we're going to be talking about here is trying to find these guys that are basically lower owned we'll take peeks at some of my game by game notes for each player we'll take peeks at my projections and rankings for these players this week and we will go from there so moving forward there will be a that one dude each week right now we'll do it all the way up until the super bowl i guess when really at that point it's a showdown slate so who knows i guess we can pick off people at each position that will be relatively lower owned but for this week we'll be doing it for just the three game slate before before we get into it hit the like and the subscribe do all those things for me the big old subscribe button i'd also like to say this we haven't said this in a couple months but if you leave a five star rating and review on the podcast i'm going to be bringing it back a 50 dollar giveaway that i will announce on sunday nights so be be sure to do that it takes five seconds of your time to hit the five stars it takes like 10 seconds of your time to just say fantastic show i like the show because of this x y and z on the apple podcast store you can do that in the apple podcast store if you want or you can do it on stitcher if you're on an android device it really does help the channel grow right now we're in like the top 30 in fantasy sports it's a one-man band here where we're ahead of some cbs podcasts and we're coming up on the ESPN and NBC and PFF. So I really do appreciate it if you want to take a couple seconds. And the show is brought to you by Superdraft, a multiplier format. Superdraft multiplier format basically just means whatever the multiplier is for that player, that's what you're going to be multiplying their projection by or just their actual points. So for example, if you want to look at, I have it right up now, right now, Michael Thomas has a 1.1x multiplier, meaning that whatever points he scores, you multiply it by 1.1x. So basically 10%, if you will. But you have somebody like Darnell Mooney who has a 1.7x multiplier. So Darnell Mooney is actually going to get 70% extra points to Michael Thomas's 10. 
is that going to actually matter? Is that going to make him a better play? Well, that's why we have projections that you can follow down below on Patreon for. And a lot of people are winning over on Superdraft, not only because, look, the last night's the perfect example in terms of the NBA. Somebody said you had a, guy, a player called Colin Sexton. You don't have to be familiar with who that is. He was ruled out like three minutes before the game started. So on DraftKings, a lot of people are sharp. That's the first spot they go to where they have their most money down, where they're most used to playing. And he was only like 5% owned, 3% owned in a lot of contests. On Superdraft, Colin Sexton was over 20% owned. Why is that, Sal? Because it's the last place that people are checking. It's not as competitive. When professionals are playing five different sites and news is dropping or just in general stuff is happening, they're not going to be taking the fifth site as seriously as the first, second, third, and fourth site. So if you prioritize that site a little bit more, even if you still prioritize DraftKings the most and then SuperDraft, you're going to be making a lot of money long-term. As long as you don't blow your entire load of $100 in your bankroll the first night because you lose once and you say, ah, this isn't the site for me. No, no, no. If you're going to be playing at least a week or two in SuperDraft, you're probably going to be having a profit. You could just ask people that are probably going to be in the comment section of this in our Patreon Discord, wherever you want to. And if you use my name, Sal, they will give you a free money bonus up to a thousand dollar ruskies sal that is go right now what are you waiting for go sign up for super draft thank you for super draft for being the proud sponsors of the wild card the super wild card that one dude video so to start off with the quarterback position and let's put out a disclaimer for this sunday slate right so let's actually just read off the quarterbacks this week mitch trubisky lamar jackson drew Brees, ben roethlisberger baker mayfield and ryan Tannehill. right so there's not there's some good quarterbacks right let's not get wrong obviously lamar jackson and then honestly probably just ryan Tannehill are guys that i would consider still to be good average quarterbacks baker mayfield ben roethlisberger drew Drew Brees at this point in their career. Sal, Drew Brees is all there at this point in their career. Average quarterbacks, yes. I would not be ranking Drew, Drew Brees as a top 10 or top 12 quarterback anymore this season. He falls into that uh, 15 to 20 range, and that's exactly where I would have Baker and Ben Roethlisberger as well. Average quarterbacks. If that is the quarterback of your team and you're you're putting your fist in the air right now, you know, you just got to be a little bit more objective. Stop being a little bit subjective and uh, stop having your feelings hurt too much. But we're going to be putting the disclaimer out there that I'm probably going to be getting an overwhelming amount. And we do a Sunday morning and Saturday or Saturday morning and Sunday morning final thoughts podcast for our patrons where we're going to go in-depth the best pivot plays the best spots basically that you should be taking advantage of based on all the analysis and correlations and simulations that i run where you should be really going with this that's kind of the the final thoughts that we're going to be doing on patreon only we do those podcasts once a week for the sunday slate we'll be doing a short one for saturday and sunday this week and i can almost guarantee that i'm going to be having a good amount of lamar jackson but honestly maybe not as much as i expect because i like to stack players up i like to stack teams up now lamar jackson's projection is right now i, I mentioned it in the main video six points higher than any other quarterback on the slate so i expect to get a good amount of lamar jackson i do think that big Ben, the way that he sets up, like I mentioned on that slate, does look good. But the player that I'm going to be getting to, the reason why we do the show, that one dude, is not to tell you that Lamar Jackson is the highest projected player. So that's the quarterback you got to be playing. He's obviously a great play. I'm trying to look for value pieces. I probably would say out of all the positions, the quarterback is the spot that I'm not going to be trying to get away from the most because there's some pretty shitty quarterbacks and shitty situations on this slate. But because of that, any of them can kind of thrive. If you get one bad game out of Lamar and he's only scoring 20 points here, then any other quarterback is definitely live and in play. So what we're going to be giving you today is one, Mr. Mitchell Trebek in his matchup against the New Orleans Saints. And boy, oh boy, is this going to be a brutal matchup for Mitch Trubisky. But the benefit that we're doing, and the reason why we're going to be mentioning Mitch Trubisky here, again, the quarterback spot is the one where you really don't have to take too much risks if you don't want to, because there's a decent amount of options and stacking options that could already make you unique from the other players in your lineup. But Mitch Trubisky, if you're looking for a lower owned and even now lower price to benefit there, a double whammy here, the lowest price quarterback that's going to be starting on this weekend on the slate, $5,300 Mitch Trubisky actually grades out as my number one value play on the slate right now. You can see the projection popping up on the screen. 
have him for 17.2 fantasy points. Now, those 17.2 fantasy points are actually not the lowest I have projected, even though he's the lowest price. He's basically right now tied as like the, the fourth highest projected quarterback. He's behind Ben Roethlisberger, Tannehill, and Lamar Jackson to this point, but he's much cheaper than those guys, right? He's coming in $1,300 cheaper than Tannehill and right now $800 cheaper than Mr. Big Ben Roethlisberger. His value ranking is going to rank out first overall, like I said, and he's actually my number one Super Draft play. Shout out to sponsors of the show. It's really a, it's a couple of horse race. Like all the quarterbacks this week on Super Draft are kind of within a point of each other. So it's not a slam dunk lock, but he's going to be lower owned on Super Draft as well. So he does become a pretty appealing play up there with his 1.45x multiplier. He's pretty much right neck and neck with Lamar Jackson was a 1x multiplier. So you can see that on the screen. And now popping up, it's basically just going to be the matchups and some things to look at. Chicago has a negative 30% pass blocking advantage this week because they rank 25th in pass blocking. That's not great. Everything you're going to be seeing this week is going to say, do not play Mitchell Trubisky. And I'm telling you right now, Mitchell Trubisky on the surface is not a number one play, right? But he is a value play because of his price point. We're not playing here the player prop sites. We're not hoping that he has to hit 300 yards for us. You're hoping that he has to pay off a $5,300 salary by scoring you 16 and a half to 17 and a half plus points. You obviously then need the combination of somebody else on the slate not scoring 30 plus, but this is if you're trying to find value at the quarterback position. Again, that's not needed, the quarterback position to find value, but the purpose of this video is to identify somebody at each and every single spot that gives you value from both a fantasy point projection, but also an ownership spot. New Orleans ranks right now seventh in pressure and 19th in coverage, and they are number five, top five in the NFL in yards per game allowed, just 217 yards per game allowed. 29.7 attempts per game is what you have Mitchell Trubisky averaging this year. It's going to be a little bit skewed because he left the game early, 206 passing yards per game and 16 fantasy points per game. Again, that 16 fantasy points per game is very much so under the radar. And the reason why is because you're getting some rushing upside out of Mitchell Trubisky that you really didn't see all of last year, but you saw the year before that. 19.6 rushing yards per game right now. He only has one rushing touchdown so far in the season, but 19.6 rushing yards per game is giving you the ability right now of 50 more passing yards per game. And that is massive for somebody who doesn't average that many passing yards per game. So keep that in mind. Out of everything that's going to look pretty terrible for him this week, I have this all factored in. I have this brutal pass rush matchup against a good secondary defense that has just been getting better basically since like week four of this season. I have all of that accounted for. It is just one piece of the puzzle for getting a projection. There's a lot of other things that you have to factor in, and he's still at, for his price point, looking like the number one value play at the quarterback position this week. Mitchell Trubisky currently ranks fifth overall in play action passing, and that is something that David Montgomery, although very easy in cake matchups, this is going to be a totally different matchup now for David Montgomery as he faces the number two overall run defense that ranks 13th in tackling and allows the fourth fewest rushing yards per game at 94 yards per game for Mr. David Montgomery. He has been good though, right? He has been good and we at least have to give him that. And then you have Mitch Trubisky, who's been very good in pressure completion percentage. Trubisky, in his own right, has been a good quarterback this year. Not absolute dog shit like we thought he was the first couple of weeks and towards the end of last year. Mitchell Trubisky ranks right now third in pressured completion percentage out of every single quarterback in the NFL, which is pretty damn eye-opening if I do say so myself. So what are you getting out of Mitch Trubisky as of late? Well, you're getting his team outside of that last game of the season when they lost against the division rivals, but still were able to get into the playoffs because of the Cardinals losing. You're getting him before those, that game, scoring 40-plus points, real-life points this team, this offense, also some defensive scores in four straight games. Now he stunk against the Packers, but you get the benefit of now Mitch Trubisky playing in a dome, right? Going to the Saints in this one, having to play in a dome outside of the game against the Packers where he did throw for 252 yards, right? He just didn't find the end zone. That was the first time this season that Mitchell Trubisky did not have a touchdown total. I'll bank on that being the outlier in him and his team based on the fact that they're projected for 18 and a half points, which is a terrible team projection, but still projected for two and a half to three touchdowns. I will assume that Mitchell Trubisky is going to get there in the air this year. Based on his rushing yards per game, the projection that I currently have for him, I feel pretty sturdy about. I basically have him projecting out as Drew Brees at this point for a cheaper price point than Drew Brees and in my opinion, a better situation in terms of passing than Drew Brees. That team in New Orleans, they want to run the ball as much as possible. 
Uh, Chicago's going to probably be forced to throw the ball somewhere around 35 to 40 times. Right now, you have Mitchell Trubisky throwing in back-to-back games 35 and 42 times, so they will let him open it up. Back in Week 12, when he was trailing by multiple touchdowns against Green Bay, in a cold-weather game in Lambeau, he puts up 18.5 fantasy points because he gets you there based off the volume of throwing 46 times. Terrible, terrible in terms of 5.3 yards per attempt, but finds the end zone three times in that game because of purely the volume. And then to close out the year, another 40-attempt game is only his second 40-attempt game of the year because on a lot of these games, they've actually been leading as of late since he's come back since week 16, week 15, week 14 on this winning streak to get into the playoffs, week 13 against Detroit, right? They're able to run the ball a lot more with David Montgomery and Trubisky's only had to throw 30 times. I think you're going to see somewhere around 35, probably closer to 40 pass attempts for this game for Mitchell Trubisky. It just depends on if he can get you to one to two touchdowns for if he's going to be able to get you to 17 to 18 fantasy points. The quarterback position is the last position that I would be trying to go all in on for that one dude this week. But Mitchell Trubisky, just based on the fact that we don't have much options to choose from here, will be my that one dude at the quarterback position this week. At a 17.2 fantasy point projection, Mitchell Trubisky, that one dude at the quarterback position. Let's now go into the running back position where I actually like this guy. And this guy's been on here a couple times this year. I think he's been on here like two or three times. And I think every single time, maybe once he didn't pay off for us, but almost every single time, I think he got hurt one of the weeks. But he continues to just be absolutely undervalued. And that man's name is going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers running back, James Conner, who actually gets the benefit of coming into this game as a decent-sized favorite, a touchdown favorite at this point against the Cleveland Browns. He's going to have a negative 11% run-blocking advantage this week. Cleveland currently ranks 18th in run defense and right now 10th in tackling. Cleveland allows 111 yards per game on the ground, which currently is borderline top 10. Now, what you're getting out of James Conner, it's going to be skewed because of injuries. 13 attempts per game, 54.5 rushing yards per game, and 12.7 fantasy points per game. Let me, let me tell you this right now. If James Conner goes out there and scores you 12.7, his average performance so far this season, and in this game script, he's going to be in a better situation than average as a touchdown favorite with a nice implied team total. But if he gets you 12.7 points, his average on the season, he's only priced at $5,000. He's priced as if he's like a backup on this slate. I don't even have him projected for 12.7. I haven't projected for about a point less than that, but he's still looking like one of the better value plays in the slate this week. And I guarantee you, that he's going to be coming in relatively low owned when you have a slate where there's a Derrick Henry on it. You have a slate when David Montgomery has been owning week in and week out. You have Alvin Kamara as of right now on the slate. And if Alvin Kamara is out, well, then Latavius Murray becomes the obvious chalk at that point, right? And then we can just talk about the specifics of James Conner. Not even the fact that he's just dirt cheap and really all of his value this week. Because if he was 6,000 to 6,600, I'd have no interest at all. But the fact that he's $5,000, it's really hard for him to hurt you this week, especially when he's still getting goal line and red zone touches. And then you could talk about the fact that he's been good when he's out there. People are just not going to be on him because, well, let's just get this straight. He's been in injured for most of the season. He got hurt week one, and I would not be shocked if that's lingered for pretty much all the season. And then his team has just been trailing in a lot of games and losing four of their past five games. So it's pretty tough when you're losing games to actually go out there and be able to compete as a running back, especially when you're down three scores in the first half to the Indianapolis Colts. That's why you only get five rushing attempts in the entire game. But this season, James Conner, even after being banged up for some games, he is seventh overall in breakaway runs. So that's explosiveness of 15 plus yards. He's 15th in evaded tackles and evaded tackles per touch. He's top 10 at this point, And he ranks right now, 14th in goal line carries and goal line carries per game he currently ranks eighth so this is still a running back that is getting a lot of usage not workhorse usage right he's not seeing 25 touches per game but if you look at what he's averaging so far this season per game in terms of overall opportunities 16.3 opportunities per game and he's currently averaging 15.7 touches per game for just five thousand dollars that is pretty damn good in my opinion coming off of a week last week where he ended up catching five passes back-to-back weeks with five receptions 13 targets in his last two games and basically in three out of his last four weeks if he scores the points that he has right 
17.2, 17.5, and 12.9 fantasy points in three out of his last four weeks. If he gets you any of those weeks, you're sitting pretty at $5,000. Even if he gets you 11.2, you might not be winning GPPs, but it's not the reason why you're losing your lineups. And honestly, that's pretty close to where I have his floor at this point around double digits, barring any sort of an injury to this point. You've been seeing massive routes run usage over the past couple of weeks. These are four out of his last five weeks. 31 routes run, 23 routes run, 29 and 18 routes run. That is by far his best four-week stretch of the season this year. He's actually never really topped anywhere above 23 up until the second half of this year. So James Conner's running a lot of routes. Obviously, those routes are going to go up because they've been trailing in some of these games, especially against the Colts, where he ran the second most routes of the season in 29. Cincinnati, where they were trailing pretty big and ended up losing. He ran 31 routes, but he has outs. That's a nice thing. If Cleveland comes out here and starts to get up early, 10-0, 14-3, to 14-7, he's going to be running more routes, which gives him outs. Just look at his five receptions in each of the past two games. James Conner, right now, you can see his projection that I have on the screen for him. It's nothing crazy. It's 11.8 fantasy points that would not rank out anywhere near as good if he was $6,000. But the fact that he's $5,000, he currently ranks out for a 2.36, as you can see right now on YouTube, value rating, which makes him my number four value play, basically tied with Derrick Henry as my number three value play. Oh, what do you mean Derrick Henry's uh, not as good of a play as James Conner? That's not what I'm saying. We're talking about value here. I have Derrick Henry projected for double-digit more fantasy points than James Conner this week, 10-plus points, right? We're talking about point-per-dollar value. He's also $4,200 cheaper than Mr. Derrick Henry. So, yeah, I think that he's a decent super draft play. don't have to get there, but he's decent. I like the other options up top a little bit more. We'll actually have nice multipliers like an Alvin Kamara at 1.1x if he does play. But James Conner's are that one dude for the Sunday three-game slate at the running back position. Now let's get over to the wide receiver position where we are going to be going to a totally different team that we have not yet talked about. I don't actually think that we've talked about this game yet. And that game is going to be the Tennessee Titans versus the Baltimore Ravens. And the wide receiver I will be talking about today is going to be Mr. Corey Davis, who closed out the season, not as great as probably a lot of people would have liked Corey Davis to close out the season, right? Ending up getting goose egged from the Packers. But then he puts up a lot of volume last week and doesn't convert on it. But there's a lot of encouraging things that I'd like to see out of what we saw last week out of Corey Davis. And not only that, he's my number one value play at the wide receiver position. And I don't think the ownership's going to come in anywhere near that. Even if he's like the third or fourth highest projected guy, that's fine. When he's my number one value play, I have a lot of interest. You can see on the screen right now, he's likely to face Marcus Peters, which for me is a positive 23% matchup advantage. Peters has not been as good as he was last year. Year. Peters has only really had one great and outstanding season in Baltimore since he's gotten there. And that was last year. So that ends up earning him just some more respect for another year or two. We'll see if he can bounce back next year. It wasn't awful this year, but was nowhere near a lockdown guy that's going to keep me away from the Western Michigan, former fifth overall pick, number one first round, fifth overall in Corey Davis. Right now he's seeing 6.6 targets per game and a 23% target share is fantastic. 4.6 receptions per as well. He just missed a thousand yards this past year with 984, but he is going to get paid this offseason. His 50 year option was not picked up by the Tennessee Titans. So he is now going to be a free agent. Average close to 14 fantasy points per game. If he gets 13.7 at this price point of just 4,800 in this game, that would be looking damn good for you. I have him projected right around there, a little bit around there, but these are the metrics that are pretty damn crazy. His efficiency metrics. This is a team that does not throw all that much because Derrick Henry is running 25 to 30 times per game in almost half of these games that they're playing, if not half of the games. 15.1 yards per reception, 21st in the NFL. 10.7 yards per target, 8th in the NFL. These are all efficiency metrics to just show you how damn good this guy is getting open, how damn good he is. If you want to look at yards after the catch statistics, but the big one, the mecca of them all, the stat that Devontae Adams ranks number one in so far this season, Allen Robinson, A.J. Brown are in this range as well as top five players. You have Corey Davis, fourth overall. He was actually number two behind Devontae Adams for most of the season. Fourth overall with 2.67 yards per route run. He ranks 20th with 2.08 fantasy points per target this year. You can see right now on the screen, I have Corey Davis projected for 13.2 fantasy points this week. That puts him at as a 2.75 value rating in my projections. You can follow along for all the projections or rankings down below on my Patreon, patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri underscore ownership will be out there as well. I right now have him as a B in cash and a B plus in GPPs on my side. And that makes him my number one value play of the week.
week. Now, Corey Davis closed out the season, like I said. It's probably to a lot of people going to be like, ah, Corey Davis didn't do that great to close out the season. Yeah, he got goose egged by Jair Alexander in a game where the entire team looked a little bit cold and kind of out of their elements against the Packers. He played 83% of the snaps, saw two targets, didn't catch any of them. But, 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 and this is a big old booty. In week 17 against Houston, you saw a lot of great things. 84% of the snaps was the most that he's seen since week 13. He ran 23 routes in that game, so they were running again in that game. I mean, you had Derrick Henry go for over 250 yards yet again against Houston. Pretty damn crazy. He has 500 plus total yards and four touchdowns. Derrick Henry alone against Houston this year, which is just nuts. But you saw Corey Davis command 11 targets, the second most he's seen so far this year. He ended up having five receptions, the most that he's seen since week 11. And this is the big one. Only 39 yards, but he had 150 air yards. You might be saying, ah, it's because he saw a lot of targets. Okay. Well, he saw 10 targets earlier this year, only had 93. Saw 10 targets earlier this year, only had 110. So he sees high 12 targets, had 143. So he had 150 air yards. He's just letting you know that he's still being targeted one often due to the 11 targets in downfield. That's a great way to end the season to see that volume is coming. And now he gets a matchup against Baltimore where I think he's still going to be seeing enough volume and enough downfield volume to pay off a $4,800 price tag. Corey Davis is our that one dude this week at the wide receiver position. Well, now we have the tight end position and then the punt play. Please do as you're still here. Hit the like button for us and the big old subscribe button as the NFL season is getting near to the end for fantasy. We still have a lot of NBA content going out live streams during the week at 4 p.m. Basically every single day. Some pre-recorded videos going up in the mornings when there's not NFL content to do. The golf season returned this week and we'll be covering that starting next week. I'll actually be on Monday. Monday recording. I think it might come out either Monday night or Tuesday. Uh, a video with um, video and podcast for the first cut podcast with Rick Gaiman. Rick Gun Run Good if you're familiar with him. I'll also be having my own golf content so a lot more stuff. Maybe, maybe, maybe some MMA content is coming in the near future as well. A lot of exciting stuff. So be sure to check all of that out on the channel by liking, subscribing, all of that stuff. The tight end position now we move back over to Pittsburgh. The teammate of Mr. James Conner is at that one dude already. The tight end is going to be Eric Ebron that we like this week. Just track his injury status. He sat out for a couple of the last weeks. 17 seems to be just more precautionary. Similar to Big Ben, doesn't seem to be anything significant, but just track the news during the week on Eric Ebron. Eric Ebron, who got hurt in that blowout loss against Cincinnati, I believe, in week 15. Week 16, he came back. He played a normal role. Pretty vintage Eric Ebron performance. Almost 16 fantasy points. Had a touchdown, seven targets. Vintage for this season, at least. Getting a lot of volume and red zone usage, and also probably some drops as well. But then in week 17, it seemed to be more precautionary to why he sat out. He has a positive 11% matchup versus Phillips, who has a very small sample, so we'll give him that. Like, it's going to work against you when you have a small sample and you're not supposed to be a starting linebacker. But he allows a slate high this weekend, 1.39. That's including the Saturday slate. 1.39 yards per cover route to tight ends, and a slate high 94% catch rate to tight ends. Now, Eric Ebron I don't expect to be massively low owned, but on a slate where you have Mark Andrews, on a slate where you have Austin Hooper, Jared Cook, you have other guys that will be picking up some value ownership in John U. Smith and Cole Komet and Jimmy Graham. I don't think he's going to be massively owned. Now, maybe he's the second or third highest owned guy, but I still like Eric Ebron a good amount. Right now, as my third overall value play and my second favorite tight end play in the slate, probably behind Mark Andrews, who's going to be picking up ownership. Right now, Eric Ebron ranks ninth, even missing a game and a half. Ninth, otherwise, he would be top five in routes run this season. He ranks eighth in targets, fifth in targets per game amongst the tight end position. You're getting a 15% target share and a 20 24% red zone target share. The red zone target share offers a lot of upside. Uh, probably doesn't need to be explained for you. And right now what you're getting is top 10 in air yards to the season, seventh in deep targets and fourth in overall red zone targets, which correlates with that very high red zone target share of 24.4%. I currently have Eric Ebron as the fourth most expensive, as all of you do, fourth most expensive tight end, but I haven't projected as my second highest projected tight end at this point in fantasy points. I'm for eight and a half fantasy points you can see right now. I have him as my second highest projected only behind Mark Andrews player on DraftKings and also Super Draft 
the presenting sponsor of the show, where he's almost a coin flip with Mark Andrews due to Mark Andrews only having a 1x multiplier. And right now you're getting a 1.5x multiplier out of Eric Ebron, a 2.3 value ranking. I have him as a B plus in cash this week if you're playing cash and a B plus in GPPs. So that is each of our positions. And then we'll go to a punt play, which is usually a guy in the 3K range that I like. This guy will probably pick up some ownership, but nothing massive because it's a loaded Sunday slate at the wide receiver position. But I'm going to be going to Mr. Darnell Mooney. Darnell Mooney is dealing with an ankle injury, so just check that. He'll have like a close to a neutral matchup against Janoris Jenkins, but Mooney also lines up 35% of the time in the left side of the field, 44% of the time on the right side of the field. So he'll also see some Marshawn Lattimore. He'll see some slot usage as well. He's been very good this year, especially downfield, where he ranks 11th in deep targets, and he ranks 10th overall. So a big player next year to get in your fantasy drafts will probably be undervalued. 10th overall in unrealized air yards due to poor quarterback play from, yeah, honestly, Mitch Trubisky, but also Nick Foles, who was just pitiful for like a month of the season for him, missing him every single time. I think he missed him three times in a primetime game against Tampa downfield. Just absolutely brutal. In week 17, you saw the Darnell Mooney just see volume, right? It wasn't more so downfield usage, but he saw 13 targets, a season high, 11 catches for 93 yards. He was, he was being worked on these bubble screens, on these little out routes against the Packers. I mean, hey, if we're going to be taking the PPR upside of DraftKings, of Superdraft, we'll take those types of plays. We like the downfield usage. We like the fact that he's found the end zone a couple times this year as a rookie, four total times this year as a rookie. He has now seen over six targets per game. Darnell Mooney would be my favorite option if you're looking to punt at any position this week. Not that many options to punt with at the running back position. Tight end, you obviously have all these options in the world every single week to punt with, right? You even have Eric Ebron in the 3K range, but if we're kind of giving the mulligan on the tight end position as a punt play, I think that my favorite punt play this week, below $4,000, or really just below $4,500, is going to be Darnell Mooney. I have him projected, as you can see right now, for 10 fantasy points, 2.56 value rating. 17 super draft points, all those look pretty damn good to me. I have him as a B minus in cash, because you don't have to force him in in cash, but a B in GPPs and a borderline B plus if you're talking about just comparing him to other players in his price range. If you're comparing him to Marcus Callaway and Willie Sneed and all these other guys down there, I mean, I think Rashad Higgins is a pretty decent play. Still prefer uh, Darnell Mooney, but all these other guys, Anthony Miller, James Washington, Donovan Peoples-Jones, the other 3K receivers. I believe Traquan Smith is going to be out for this game for the uh, Saints, but either way, I'd still prefer Darnell Mooney. So yes, Darnell Mooney is our that one dude, the punt position this week. He ends up being a wide receiver, that one dude, punt position. So thank you. Super wild card weekend video for that one dude is over. Hopefully you enjoyed it. This is a Sunday slate only for the obvious reasons that we mentioned at the beginning of the show, because we want to make sure that we have a little bit more longevity, more shelf life to this video if we're going to be ending up putting up some time to make it. Might as well get an extra day out of the viewership, an extra day out of more people engaging and getting benefits and values from it. Thank you so much for tuning into this video. Hit that like and subscribe, the big old subscribe button before you go. I appreciate you all a ton in advance. Support the sponsors of the show, Superdraft. My name's Sal. Get you that free money bonus up to a thousand, thousand, thousand dollar rooskies. And if you want to support me, myself here on Patreon, you get projections, rankings, a whole bunch of other tools for the NBA, for golf, maybe even MMA pretty soon. I'm, I'm debating on if I want to add that, maybe get some help on that as well. But check it all out down below. Lots of tools, projections, rankings, ownership, and a lot of other stuff, game by game notes for this weekend slates. And we'll have the Saturday and Sunday Closing Thoughts podcast, which you don't want to miss. By far the most in-depth stuff that we go to, more game theory-based stuff as well. Stacking, exposures, all of that. Link down below, patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri underscore. You all rock, and I'll see you all in the next one. Enjoy the rest of your day and enjoy your weekend, you beautiful people. See ya.